Bismillah. Bismillah. Alhamdulillah. Wa salatu salam ala Rasulillah. So yes, guilt leads to self-loathing. This is also another very destructive and negative quality of guilt. When you do things that make you feel guilty, it leads to self-loathing. You hate yourself. You're upset with yourself for your behavior. And that self-loathing can actually justify destructive behavior. So you do something wrong. And then you hate yourself. So you don't care if you go out, waste your money. Let's say a person goes out to the bar, gets drunk, and says, who cares? You know, I'm a terrible person anyway, so I can waste my life away. The problem with that is that it's a downward spiral. Now that you're wasting your money and getting drunk and wasting yourself, you feel more guilty. More guilt leads to more drinking. More drinking leads to more guilt, and so on and so forth. It's a downward spiral, and it just keeps getting worse and worse. So you have to be very careful about guilt taking, getting the best of you and creating a downward spiral uh, uh, into destructive behavior. Also, another very dangerous thing to pay attention to when it comes to guilt is what? That when you do something wrong and you're not really addressing the problem, but you just have this, this guilt that is you know, giving you, uh, let's say, some sort of internal turmoil, this can lead to projections and you projecting that onto other people. So let's say you as an individual are a dishonest person. You start thinking of everybody else as dishonest. Hey, where were you? What were you doing over there? Who are you talking to? Let me see your phone. Why are you so distrustful? Why don't you trust anybody? Because deep down they know that if, it was the, if they had the freedom, if they had the opportunity, they would betray. You know? Oh, I need to check everything. Let me see how much money you have on you. Did you take anything? Let me check your pockets. Because they know that if I had the opportunity, I would have stolen something, etc. Right? So really, it's just a projection of their own uh, uh, guilt and their own uh, um, wickedness that they throw it onto other people. They know that they lie and they behave immorally, therefore they see that in others. There's a hadith about this which is truly powerful. The Prophet says, this is in Sahih Muslim, That if a person says, people are ruined. Oh, society's going down the toilet, man. It's just, it's all bad. Everything's, everything's just horrible and everything's going rotten. And, uh, you know, there's no chance for humanity. Everything's just getting worse. The Prophet says, if a person says people are ruined, then he is the most ruined. The person who thinks this about humanity, that there's no chance, then he's the one who has the least chance. And the interesting thing is this hadith comes in two ways. It says, فَهُوَ أَهْلَكُهُمْ and also فَهُوَ أَهْلَكَهُمْ So there's two meanings. One is, if, he's, if a person has the attitude that everybody's ruined, then he's the most ruined. Another one is, if a person thinks that everybody is ruined, then he's the one ruining them. فَهُوَ أَهْلَكَهُمْ Then he is the one ruining them. In other words, this person, by normalizing... By normalizing the idea that everybody's ruined, he is lowering expectations and he's actually making this a self-fulfilled prophecy. You guys see? So this is the danger of lowering the bar and saying, oh, everything's terrible, society's just getting worse, you know, oh, due to, I don't know, X, Y, and Z, legalization of this, that, and the other, due to the widespread of, you know, let's say the internet and everything, all the, all the filth that's there, and because of this and, because, and wars are just getting worse, it's all going, going bad, there's no hope. If you say that, then you are the least hopeful. You are the most destroyed, and you are the one destroying other people. SubhanAllah. So you should never have this uh, uh, projection onto others. Yes, of course, we're all concerned about the evils of the world, but that should never make you hopeless. You should never have uh, uh, despair in the mercy of Allah Ta'ala. And uh, yes, this is uh, something also mentioned in Surah Yusuf. Allah Ta'ala says, um, the people who have no hope in, or hope in the mercy of Allah, these are, the, these are qawm kafirin, these are the disbelieving people. So the believer always has hope and always looks for the best. And furthermore, even if theoretically, theoretically, let's say you were in a situation that was only getting worse. So what? 
we're all we all we're all breaking down we're all getting older we're all eventually going to die like our, you know our job isn't to establish ourselves on this planet for the next million years and make sure it's all perfect no our job is to do our, our very best with the short time that we have and then accept the fact that look i'm leaving anyway so whether whether i, I did a good job or not i just tried my best that's it i'm out so you know uh it's just interesting i you know when i think about people who who i knew and who passed away you know you go to their funerals or whatever the case is and then you think about man you know the political situation and you know riots or this or that they they don't care about none of that stuff they're gone you know they they never got they never saw you know i don't know political situation this and you know war that and they're done they're done it's like i'm out I'm, i have nothing i wash my hands of all of you you know they had their time and they left so that's it uh it's over yes now it's also important to remember that in terms of this hadith subhanallah we should remember that when it comes to doing an evil and doing a sin something that gives you this Uh, discomfort something that gives you this doubt and so on and so forth that uh, uh, the prophet sallam encourages us obviously to stay away from evil and there's a beautiful hadith in which the prophet sallam says what this is in muslim imam ahmed there's also a sahih hadith it is innaka lan tad'a shay'an lillahi azza wa jal illa badalaka allahu bihi ma huwa khayrun laka minhu that you'll never abandon a thing for allah's sake except that allah will replace it for you with something that is better than it Subhanallah what a beautiful hadith. So this is hopefully encouragement that if you're involved in something and it's constantly giving you a little bit of doubt. You're saying I'm doing this but I know it's wrong. I'm doing this but I should probably stop. Oh but I'm doing it anyway and I I, I don't know it's kind of fun and I kind of really like it but I don't know and it's giving you this doubt. The Prophet ﷺ first of all is saying leave that which makes you doubt for that which does not make you doubt. Number one, If you're thinking to yourself I okay it's a good idea and I like the idea and I want to but you know you know I'm still attached to whatever it is. Just know this the prophet sallam is guaranteeing that Allah Ta'ala whatever you give up for his sake he's going to replace it with something better. Whatever you say ya Allah even though I love this thing but I know it's bad for me and I know it's wrong or I know it's doubtful or I know there's some evil involved with it ya Allah I'm going to give it up for your sake. Just know for a fact that whatever is above it Allah Ta'ala is going to replace uh, Allah Ta'ala is going to replace it with something that is definitely better than it. And this is you know I I think the best example Uh, the, or at least the easiest example that comes to mind is when young people are involved in a relationship that's haram. I'm, but I love him, but I love her, and I don't know what to do, and, you know, and so on and so forth. And so there's this this dynamic of you know I just don't want to let go, I don't want to let go. And the idea is you know it's a haram relationship. You keep trying to tell you telling yourself oh well I'm going to marry him one day, so I guess that makes it sort of halal. I've heard people rationalize to no end that doesn't make it halal. So um, this doesn't work. and therefore they're trying to rationalize it but deep down they know they have doubts about it they know it's bothering them internally and so Allah Ta'ala excuse me the prophet sallam is guaranteeing them and saying Allah Ta'ala will replace if you get rid of this this situation if you get rid of if you walk away from this then it's not just that Allah will replace it Allah will replace it with something better this is a guarantee so subhanallah this should be uh, encouragement there's a beautiful uh, hadith from Aisha radhiyallahu ta'ala anha which tells us about the um, just how careful her father Abu Bakr radhiyallahu ta'ala anhu was when it came to these issues kana li abi li abi bakrin ghulamun that abu bakr he had a servant yukhriju lahu al kharaj that used to bring do some work outside and 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 farming some some bring home some yield you could say wa kana abu bakrin ya'kulu min kharajihi used to eat from some of what he would bring faja'a yawman bi shay'in so he one day he brought something fa'akala minhu abu bakr so abu bakr ate from it faqala lahu al ghulam so then the uh, the young servant said to him 
Tadrima hadha, you know what this is? <laughs> you know what you're eating right now? <laughs> what am I eating? Faqala Abu Bakr, wa huwa, what is it? Qala, kuntu takahantu. I used to do kihana. Uh, What's it called? Um, uh, for, um, kahin is a um, soothsayer. You know, like soothsaying, like, uh, like fortune teller type stuff. Li'insanin fil jahiliya. Back in jahiliya, I used to do this fortune telling type stuff for some guy. Uh, back in Jahiliya. وَمَا أُحْسِنُوا الْكِهَانَ إِلَّا أَنِّي خَدَعْتُهُ He goes, I wasn't really good at it. I was just, I was just fooling him. I was just, I was just manipulating the guy. I was just taking advantage of him. You know, yeah, oh, I feel, see in your future, you know, good things are ahead, whatever, right? All that stuff. So I used to do that. فَلَقِيَنِي uh, So I actually met this guy. Finally, you know, it's been, a, it's been a while since then, but I finally met him, just recently. فَأَعْطَانِي بِذَلِكْ So he gave me this food as a payment for this haram action that I used to do. He gave me this food. He said, hey, thanks a lot for all the different, you know, you know fortune telling you did. I want to give you a payment. He gave me that food. Now, Abu Bakr, <laughs> you can imagine, he's like, what? <laughs> so he's eating it and he's hearing this. Uh, uh, and that's exactly what you're eating right now. <laughs> Subhanallah. <laughs> so Abu Bakr put his hand in his mouth and made himself vomit everything out of his stomach. He just made himself, he was like, evacuate, right? He just got everything out. Because he had, there was some doubt. You know, that get, you know, get rid of what you doubt for that which you don't doubt. He had some doubt. He was like, look, I'm eating something that is a payment for something that is clearly haram. That was from back in Jahiliya time, and this is clearly haram. So he took it to the point where he was like, no chance, I'm going to have this part of my body, and he made himself vomit. Now, uh, am I encouraging that type of behavior? I'll leave it up to you to decide whether you want to do something like that. Well, inshallah, none of you are in such a situation. But my point is just to say that, subhanAllah, you find from amongst the Sahaba a, uh, a, a desire and a passion to stay away from anything that gave them doubt. So he had a doubt uh, about this, and so that was enough for him to get rid of it. Now, another whole aspect of issues of, of doubt and being doubtful is what? Uh, what people talk about when it comes to di uh, differences of opinion from the scholars. And what's so scary is that people will talk ad nauseum. People will talk endlessly, all night. Oh, well, I think this and I think that. When it comes to fiqh and aqidah, when it comes to usul al-fiqh, and when it comes to, I don't know, a tafsir, and when it comes to hadith. And, 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 and people will just give, give, give opinions. And subhanAllah, they have nothing but doubt. They don't have any certain knowledge. They haven't studied any of these uh, 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 sciences. It's really as irresponsible as people giving out medical advice, saying, I think you should try these pills, I think you should try those pills, and they have no knowledge of medicine. You know, meanwhile, the, the, the doctor is sitting there watching this guy, giving all sorts of medical advice, he's having a heart attack, thinking, you're going to kill somebody, what are you doing? You don't even know what you're talking about. So, uh, uh, you can imagine how dangerous it could be. So yes, this is, is, is very dangerous, and we should try to stay away from this. Ta stay away from things that make you doubt, for things that don't make you doubt. When it comes to talking about financial issues where you have no expertise or no, you don't know what you're talking about. When it comes to political issues that are very delicate and sensitive. When it comes to religious issues and so on and so forth. The list goes on. What is so wrong? As the famous you know, saying goes, we have two ears and one mouth. What's wrong with doing a little bit more listening and a little bit less uh, uh, opinionating? We live in a time and a place, uh, it's very interesting, that we think that we need to have all of our opinions. Every thought that comes to mind, we need to share it with not just a few people, with the whole world. Right, the whole started with Facebook, and now we got Instagram, and so on and so forth. It's always this, you know, uh, desire to put it on YouTube, put it on Twitter, Facebook, you Twitface, whatever. All right, if you stick them all together. Uh, anyway, so uh, uh, the idea is that you want to 
put uh, 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 you know your your opinions out for the whole world constantly, even though they are they they are not well researched. So this is uh, this is problematic and dangerous. And Allah knows best. So yes, um, another big red flag. Wallahu ta'ala alam. Another big red flag when somebody uh, that you can tell this is this is when you're getting into dangerous territories of things that you should doubt and you should stay away from these things of, of talking about them and dealing with them is when a person debates very forcefully about minor issues meanwhile they're ignoring major issues this is a big issue this is a big problem if you are the type of person that you argue when it comes to minutiae that you have very 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 strong opinions about very delicate topics meanwhile you're missing large issues and i've i've spoken to certain friends of mine many times because i personally I, you know I, I witnessed this many years ago we were m- myself and many different friends we were much younger and we were getting involved in lots of very contentious issues and alhamdulillah i feel that me personally i felt like i came to a certain age a certain maturity where i realized it's more important to focus on the basics we're going too far with like you know dropping fatawa and and quoting these scholars and those scholars on very hot topics i need to just focus on the basics and so i give this to advice to any young people who are getting too heavily involved in in minor issues and very contentious issues my suggestion is this try to memorize some quran try to learn a little bit of arabic try to focus on your basics try to make sure you're praying your salawat on time try to make sure you're devoting time for dua try to make sure that you're ma- learning some basics of fiqh you know what i'm saying try to try to go through some basic books focus on the uh, on your foundation because i've seen i've seen it too many times young people they get really excited about having a little bit of knowledge and they start giving fatawa about everything and anything and subhanallah it's just really if you're sincere you'll realize you know what let me take a step back let me focus on the basics let me learn some arabic let me memorize some quran if you haven't done your hibs do your hibs focus on that when you're done that then come talk to me about like you know bigger issues inshallah ta'ala um allah knows best yes and unfortunately some people when they hear the word difference of opinion they think this is a license to do literally anything and this is just not the case yes of course allah ta'ala gave us a fitra and with that fitra we have the ability to generally generally we have an idea of right and wrong alhamdulillah that's a blessing from allah ta'ala that we have and some people because of their fitra the moment they recognize islam they recognize the truth and subhanallah it hits them immediately as allah ta'ala mentions wa idha sami'u ma unzila ila rasuli tara a'yunahum tafidu min ad-dam'i that subhanallah when when they hear what has been revealed to the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam you see their eyes overflowing with tears because of what they have recognized of the truth subhanallah and they say our lord we have believed so register among, uh, uh, us amongst the witnesses so subhanallah is a beautiful ayah of the quran in which allah ta'ala mentions that there are some people the moment they hear the truth of islam it hits them immediately because of their fitra so yes alhamdulillah we do have a fitra but that doesn't mean that you have the right answer for everything you still have to do your due diligence and study We know the legal maxim al-yaqinu la yazulu bil-shak that uh, 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 certainty is not removed by doubt this is uh, when it comes to many different issues like for example if you know that you made wudu recently and you have a doubt that you might have lost your wudu then the ruling is that you have wudu why because the doubt does not overtake the certainty uh, um, same thing with let's say for example if let's say you're praying salah and you're like oh my god i can't remember am i in the third rak'ah or am i in the fourth rak'ah of let's say dhuhr or asr right you can't remember which rak'ah you're in so what should you do well because you're you, you're between let's say 3 and 4 right so what is doubtful is 4 what is certain is 3 right it's a guarantee that you've done 3 but what's doubtful is 4 so what you say is i'll take the certainty over the doubt i will move forward and i will proceed as if i have done 3 so i'll take 3 as a certainty and i will continue my salah as if i'm in the third rak'ah guaranteed then you finish up your salah you do sajda as-sahu as well and then inshallah that's the way you finish so if ever you guys have been in that situation 
you always take the lesser because that's the guarantee, right? Obviously. And then inshallah ta'ala, um, you're good to go. It's a quick and easy fix when it comes to this issue of doubt. Yes, unfortunately, however, the reality of the situation is, even though we have a fitrah that guides us towards the right, uh, correct answers, generally speaking, broadly speaking, unfortunately, due to sins, a human being can possibly get black spots on their heart, one after the other after the other, until eventually their whole heart is rusted over with sin. And this is something that Allah mentions in Surah Mutafifin when Allah says, Kalabal rana ala yaksibun. Rather, they have a stain that covers their heart because of that which they have earned. So if you, if you fear that sins have corrupted your standards and you want a cure to this, then what is the cure? Two things definitely come to mind. Number one is change your entourage. We know the hadith of the man who killed 99 people and then finally killed 100 people and he said, I need to become better. And finally the alim told him, what? You need to change your environment. Why? Because then you'll realize that your standard, what you consider normal, is not actually normal. What you consider regular is not regular. Be around righteous people and your standards will shift inshallah ta'ala and improve. So that's one way to uh, uh, improve yourself. If, if you're in a position where you're like, look, I don't have doubts about bad things. Like I do all sorts of things that are quote unquote haram, but I have no doubts about it. Yeah, maybe your heart has been covered over with so much rust that the light of Allah is not penetrating. Maybe you need to spend more time with righteous people so that you will realize that these things are actually doubtful and inshallah you'll get away from these sins and Allah knows best. And number two is simply study the Quran and Sunnah. Study the Quran and Sunnah. And uh, this is obvious that, I mean, this is a hadith about doubt. The whole hadith is regarding doubt. What's the best way to get rid of doubt? Knowledge. By the more you study, the more you, inshallah ta'ala, things will become clear as either clearly right or clearly wrong. And so, yes, uh, we know that uh, even the Prophet um, there's an ayah in which Allah Ta'ala mentions in Surah Hujarat, وَعَلَمُوا أَنَّ فِيكُمْ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ And know that among you is the Messenger of Allah لَوْ يُطِيعُكُمْ فِي كَثِيرٍ مِنَ الْأَمْرِ لَعَنِتُمْ وَلَكِنَّ اللَّهَ حَبَّبَ إِلَيْكُمُ الْإِيمَانَ وَزَيَّنَهُ فِي قُلُوبِكُمْ وَكَرَّهَ إِلَيْكُمُ الْكُفْرَ وَالْفُسُوقَ وَالْعِسِيَانَ أُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الرَّاشِدُونَ That if he were to obey you in most of these matters, if the Prophet was to obey you, Sahaba, then you would be in a lot of difficulty. But Allah, Alhamdulillah, Allah has what? Made beloved, has endeared to you, Iman. Faith has become b- beloved to you. That when you're in this environment of the Prophet and when you slowly but surely work on your Iman, then, then good deeds become beloved to you. And then you are, if you're happy to get away from doubtful things and you're happy to go, wor- go towards things that are certain. And then you put Allah and His Messenger above your own opinion. So what does Allah say? حَبَّبَ إِلَيْكُمُ الْإِيمَانِ That Allah made beloved to you Iman and faith. وَزَيَّنَهُ فِي قُلُوبِكُمْ And that He has beautified it in your hearts. وَكَرَّهَ إِلَيْكُمُ الْكُفْرَ And that He has made kufr, disbelief, and fusuq, uh, which is you could say uh, disobedience, or defiance, and وَلْعِسِيَانَ And disobedience, He's made these things hateful or detestable to you. أُولَئِكَ هُمُ الرَّاشِدُونَ This is a sign of those who are rightly guided. So, how many minutes do we have left? I think inshallah ta'ala, I think with that we will uh, uh, close it up. Inshallah ta'ala, I had a few more things to say, but I think um, we'll stop there because uh, I want to open more time for comments and questions inshallah ta'ala. So may Allah Ta'ala make us of those who, when we're dealing with the choice between things that make us doubt and things that make us not doubt, may Allah Ta'ala make us of those who stick with that, gives us confidence and certainty and yaqeen and happiness and tranquility of the heart. Ameen ya Rabbil Alameen. Jamdul Khairan. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.